Welcome to yet another episode of The Incomparable. I am, as always, your host, Lex Friedman. I am joined today by an absolutely incredible and truly awe-inspiring The Incomparable Podcast, number 85, April 1st, 2012. Welcome to the Incomparable uh, Prime Universe Variety, episode 85. I am your host, as always, Jason Snell, and I'm joined today by two teams of contestants who are going to fight against each other to the death, or at least uh, on a podcast. To the uh, pain! And to the pain, exactly. <laughs> um, in, in something that we've never done before that we like to call, what do we call this? The Incomparable Game Show. Uh, as a way to celebrate the ridiculousness of April Fool's Day. So, where let, did you ever come up with that name? The Incomparable Game Show. I got it yes. out of a, uh, a vending machine. I thought the oh. show was called Trainwreck in a Coal Mine. Yeah, it Trainwreck coming. That's our <laughs> that's our uh, our slogan for the Incomparable Game Show. Thank you, Trainwreck a coming. Um, we have split the six contestants into two teams, and then I realized they were um, they were my contemporaries and people who are roughly a decade younger than me. So I've made them team old men and team young men. So team old features Steve Lutz. Hi, Steve. Huh? What? <laughs> who are you? I've I've startled him. He's the old prospector. Uh, team old second member Glenn Fleischman. Hi, Glenn. Good news, everyone. <laughs> And also on Team Old Men, Greg Noss. I've just soiled myself. <laughs> now let's move That's to the uh, the younger and sprier uh, people who are in their thirties. Uh, team Team Young, Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. This is totally rad. John Syracuse. I think it's insulting that I'm not on the old man. Because I'm not cranky enough. What what do I have to do to get on the old? You know what? You know what? You guys can have him. Okay. You're old on the inside. You're old on the inside. Pants not high enough. I think John makes the mistake of thinking that there's dignity on the old man team. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly not. And also, young man Scott McNulty. Oh, hello. I think crankiness transcends age. It does. We're all cranky old men. It's just that some of you are younger. Cranky old man. Some of you are older cranky as, old As men. I think the the youngest person on the podcast. I'm a cranky young man. I sound yeah. old today, though. Yeah, um, you do. It's confusing. Uh, I, I believe that I believe the show is pre-infected. All the old men are sick or suffering allergies. Just yes. just to know, just so we can weak and sickly. The things we as do are, for we're podcasting. Some of the young men. We're just waiting for you to die. Yeah, you can take <laughs> a, take their spots on Team Old Man. <laughs> you kids in your death panels, I tell you. Yeah. So uh, here's how this is going to go. Um, I am going to ask a series of questions and ask you to perform a series of tasks in uh, several rounds, uh, as many as nine, perhaps, if we have the time. Uh, and I will grant points based on how you uh, how, how, how I judge you. And the points train wreck coming. And the points are worthless and don't mean anything. And I will declare a winner at the end. And the train wreck will then happen. So, round one. This we call random access. I'm going to ask each of you one question. You have to answer it yourself. There are two points for every right answer. And it begins with Greg. Greg, Damn it. in which, and no Googling, no Googling. I'm warning you now, your immortal What's soul is forfeit. If you uh-huh. use the Googling is cause for expulsion from it? the park. You can, no, you cannot bing it. Uh-huh. Bing's a young man's game, McNulty. What about Gopher? I'm a young man. Bing. 
See, I should be on the old man's team. Yeah, I'm going right to go for it. It's true. It's true. Greg. Waze. Greg, in which Star Wars movie does Bib Fortuna appear? There are not that many movies to choose from. It's Empire, isn't it? Yeah, are we allowed to heckle? Because I'm ready. Yeah, it's Return of the Jedi. No points for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, come on. Um, I mean... Shameful. Yeah. Shameful. Scott McNulty, <clears throat> your question. Yes. Okay. Name... Well, this is way too easy for you. Okay, well, name both Star Trek movies in which the USS Enterprise is destroyed. Oh. Oh. Couldn't give me that one. Uh, what is it, Star Trek Three, uh, which is the search for Spock, and uh, now I'm drawing a blank. Enterprise is destroyed in the the. Now I, I can't even remember. I am oh. choking. <gasps> Call oh, a friend. Uh, Call I'm a friend. going to Star Trek Five. Star Trek Five. I'm sorry. It's Star Trek Three and Star Trek Generations. The Enterprise yeah, Generations. Yeah. B is destroyed. B is no points. I don't even like you. Star Trek. Oh man, this and the Enterprise and the Enterprise B is also destroyed. That's true. Wow. Uh, Steve. Yes. I've known both of the last two questions, so I'm guaranteed not to know Shaggy this one. from Scooby-Doo and Robin from the Super Friends are voiced <laughs> by the same person. Name him. This is so damn simple. Um, I know this. That this would be America's know. top 40 host, uh, uh, Casey Kasem. Correct. Finally, a right answer. I'm, <sighs> seeing, that one. I'm slightly less embarrassed for, for all of you. Glenn. Yes. Name the first returning villain slash monster. When Doctor Who was revived seven years ago, what was the first oh, returning oh. villain to appear a, on screen? The nesting consciousness in the form of plastic people it controls remotely. Uh, they, they're commonly called the Autons, but you are absolutely right. Two points for Team you. Old. Team Old. Team Old. Uh, Dan Morin. Oh, my hip. Yes. Dan Morin. Um, how many original. Four Kozigan novels have been published. <laughs> All right, Whoa. how long do I have? Can I count? You can try to count, but just don't look it up. I know, I'm thinking. Count, you could do it out loud. That would be better for the podcast. All right, but... so, so we've got Shards of Honor. <laughs> there we are. This is a podcast? Warrior's Apprentice, The War Game, uh, Setaganda. Um, let me get a little murky. Uh, are we counting Ethan of Athos? Do I get rootling on that? Uh yes. Uh okay, Ethan Nevathos. Uh uh Mirror Dance, Brother in Arms, Komar, uh uh Civil Campaign, Diplomatic Community, Cryoburn, and I'm pretty sure I forgot one in there, but uh we'll just I'll add say, that to the top. Yeah, then. I'll just say a thirteen. Eleven. Sorry. Ah mother oh, so That's really? all the time we've got, folks. Good night. But I counted. <laughs> Yeah, um, John Syracuse. I want the I want the judges. I am the judge. I've ruled you guilty, John Syracuse. Which movie was released first? And you can ask for a definition of that if you would like to quibble. Release first, Kiki's Delivery <laughs> if you Service. Would like to quibble, of course he would. Kiki's Delivery Service or Goodfellas? Yeah, the quibble is going to be in America or Japan, but it's not like that helps yeah, me know the in answer. The, I would say originally released broadly and theatrically. Uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Correct. Two points for Team Young. By one year, uh, 1989 and, 90, and right. 1990. You wouldn't think of those as contemporaneous, but they actually were. All right. Do I get extra points for knowing the years? Let's. Uh, no, you don't. Let's go to the scores. <laughs> uh, four to two old men. 
It's time for round two. I call this Nerd Dictionary, and here's how it works. Each team will announce a word. Each player on a team will give you a definition. One of them is true. The other two definitions are false. The other team needs to choose with, again, please, no peeking, needs to needs to choose which term is actually correct. These are sci-fi mm. terms. So, Team Old, what is your word? Our word is Pakmara. Pakmara. All right. Uh, who would like to go first in defining Pakmara? I'm ready. Go for it, Glenn. Since right. Glenn's stood out, <clears throat> All right. you should do it. So, you know how every character has to have uh, something they shout when they're going into battle. For Worf, it's Niktokar Bakto. Ancient Athenians shouted, I looked this up, and the remote Krima race in the Star Wars novels, not the movies, would unsheath their two blades, one short and one long, and cry, Pakmara. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Steve, how about you? Uh, I, I, I too, am going to go with a, a Star Trek uh, term. Uh, the Pakmara are a race of, of aliens from, uh, from the Star Trek universe, uh, specifically Babylon 5. Who, uh, Babylon 5 is not humanoids. Star Trek. <laughs> Get your story straight. <laughs> it's in space. It's not? Just pick one. No, Babylon 5, it's another space show. Oh, I wonder if that's And also true. Greg said Star Wars, so you've conflated all science fiction that's in TV or movies into one big thing. Okay, go ahead. What are the, pack, what, uh, what are the pack... Wait, wait. Seriously, Babylon 5 is not a, a, Star, a Star Trek No, thing? you're thinking of Deep Space Nine. How are, you even, how are you even on this podcast? <laughs> it's a good question. It's a fair point. <laughs> all right, fine. Uh, they're an alien race from uh, Babylon 5 who right. are... Uh, who are basically humanoids, uh, but in, instead of a, a regular human-like head, they have a, a baby Cthulhu attached to their necks, <laughs> um, and they they eat uh, they eat carrion, preferably stuff that's been sitting around for a while. Although um, they avoid ocean fish for some reason, which is weird. With, what with their heads being uh, basically like squids, is that weird, um, or is that like an anti-cannibalism uh, uh, thing? Well, and they look like seafood, so maybe that's that's the thing. All right. Um, and uh, and they have a very unique and, and somewhat heinous mechanism for food digestion and expulsion. So they get Ooh. their own uh, their own bathroom facilities. Don't we Babylon all. Five? No. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Greg, what about you? What's your definition for Pakmara? In uh, in the novel Dune, among the flora and fauna of Arrakis, um, just as. <clears throat> The Maudib was chosen as the name of the Paul, uh, was as a small desert mouse, among the other species listed on the planet that he could have chosen from and that had particular characteristics was the Pakmara. And um, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't choose that one. Do we know what kind of animal it was? It, it's, you know, small desert mouse. Desert mouse. Okay. That's a, 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 a rodent type. Some sort of, you know, tail, whiskers, All right. little glassy black eyes. All right. Paul did chose Huge, not, enormous fangs. Chosen, did not Great. use little still suit on them. Got it. All right. Uh, Team Young, which of, our, uh, which of our old men is telling the truth about Pakmara? Um, do we need to... I, I don't know, they we, all sounded we get, like lies to me. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent uh, work, Team Old. You all sound like Except liars. For, Especially Steve, so we should pick his. Because yes. he was clearly a popular oh. 
It's the double b- bluff. Does anyone actually know what it is? I do. Yes. I I no, and they nice. and they do oh, too. Not you. You're the host. We know what it is. Um, we know what it is. Uh, uh, I don't know what it is. I, I don't think I don't think it's Greg, but I that's that's kind yeah. of my feeling. Mm, I don't matter, but the, I'm not. I, I'm not sure I can back that up. I think it was, think it was Glenn's. I vote for Glenn as the real one. What's your vote, Dan um, Scott? Which one? Which one was Glenn's mm-hmm. again? I've forgotten. The first one. It's the battle oh, the cry. Star Wars. Uh, uh, you just really mm. enjoy saying that, don't you, Glenn? He does to yeah. the moon. A, a perverse part of me still wants to go with Steve's, but I will. I will defer to the <laughs> oldest member of the young man's team. Oh no, that's a mistake. <laughs> vote your heart. Oh, no. <laughs> we got to reach a consensus, uh, or else we'll be here all do. night. You're the tiebreaker here. Oh, this is not a good... Well, we're out of time, folks. Good night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will... Uh, I think maybe uh, I will go with Steve as well. well you, you're the only one that went with Steve. You were the only <laughs> one. Right, the other right. two went with Glenn. I'm very confused well, now. Uh, oh, then it's not time. Yeah, young men, young men, what is your... What do you think? I... I... I I'm glad. So you're gonna switch to Steve, Dan. This uh, is the question. Are you gonna go with the original gut instinct and go with Steve, and then it'll be you and Scott voting for Steve? That's. I, I will go with. I'm gonna go with Steve. I'm going with Steve. I like it. All right, there Steve. That's, that's, yeah, that's our I'm final answer. answer. And although Babylon Five is not part of the Star Trek universe, the Pakmara are indeed carrion eaters on Babylon Five. Uh, Excellent work. Yes, uh, that's good work, see, gentlemen. As the oldest, I'm what? guiding you. I'm guiding the younger members of the team by by away. I respect away, the process. You know, guiding them away. So uh, five points for the young team on that one and for guessing it properly. And I'm going to give uh, two bonus points to the old men for um, thoroughly confusing the young men with their lies. <laughs> and especially that's really for Steve, the, for, for being so the bad. Truth. How did they get the bonus points? We, we figured it out. We got it right. Well, it didn't confuse us. Well, your, your, your portrayal of your lies gives you bonus points. So um, you, right, get, you will right. now get the chance to get them too. But Steve gets those points for, uh. for telling the truth so ineffectively. <clears throat> Um, yes. All right. Of course, I knew that Star Trek and Babylon Five are totally unrelated entities. Who would know that? Some sort of nerd. Yes. Um, okay. So, Team Young, it is your turn. What is your word? Our word is. You should call on somebody so we don't uh, I'll give do it, it away. I'll by. I, I will call on somebody, but so so Scott, what is your word? Uh, it is Kemmer. Kemmer. Yes. All right. And uh, who would like to go first? Can you I, use it in a I, sentence? I can use okay. it in a sentence. So Dan go is going to go first. <laughs> All right. A, wait, wait, a before Kemmer... we start, what's the definition? What's the language of origin? Kemmer is a noun. It's a small <laughs> lizard creature that lives on the planet of Bakura in the Star Wars novel, The True Said Bakura. Or to use it in a sentence, throw another Kemmer on the Barbie. All right. Wow. Who would like to go next? Then I pick uh, Scott. I just had this awful oh, realization right. that Jason is Peter Sagal in this situation. Yes. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I will go next. Uh, so we – Kemmer is actually from one of the, the seminal works of science fiction. Uh, Ursula K. Le Guin's The Light Hand – The Left Hand of Darkness, excuse me. Uh, and it's actually refers to in the novel, as I'm sure you all know, there are three genders – one is androgynous, and they enter into uh, – to mate, they enter into some form of heat. And this heat, uh, much like the uh, Vulcan Ponfar, is called Kemmer. All right. And John? 
All right. Uh, a Kimmer is actually the name of these alchemist-type characters in a China Mieville short story that I have never read, and the only reason I know this definition is because Jason <laughs> sent it. The story is called Details. It's some kind of Lovecraft-type story about people, like, dabbling in the dark arts with potions and stuff and discovering, like, things lurking in the cracks of the world. I have tried to read many China Mieville books and have not made it through any of them, so I sure, I'm sure I would not like this short story either. <laughs> oh, yeah. Way to cover it up, John. All it's right. called Early Rejection. So, Team Old Men, do you have a choice about which one of these is the true definition of Kimmer? I'm I think Syracuse towards... is trying a little too hard for misdirection yeah. here. I'm leaning towards Left, hand, left of darkness hand of Darkness because, but a yeah, million years ago. I did too, and it sounds, I thought when I first heard the word, I was thinking it was from something I'd read long ago, and I've read Mieville recently, and it doesn't ring any bells. So, I'm, I'm leaning left. Steve? I'm, I'm voting Le Guin too. Okay. We have consensus. Right, I think I'll, we're going for Le Guin. Right? I'll go with the superior nerds. Oh, sorry. And, okay. and in fact, you are correct. It is from Ursula K. Le Guin. Look at this. Both of you collected. <laughs> yeah, two people who actually read the book. That's unfair. And yet well, they almost did 25 years ago. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm going to give uh, a bonus point to John Syracuse for, for making it seem like he couldn't be bothered to lie. <laughs> but that was the lie. That was pretty good, actually. That was, that was all true, except for the name of Brilliant. the Kemmer thing, the China Mieville right. story, the fact that I can't read his stuff, the fact that this yes. sounds to me like something from one of his books that I don't like. And yet. If you'd said it was <laughs> some kind of underwater creature that no longer exists, I would have bought it, but not alchemists. All right. Uh, I like chemists, Kemmers, come on. This is round three now. We are moving to round three. It's called Which Universe Are You From? I am Ooh. going to name some aliens. You will need to tell me where they're from. Your choice. Star Trek Babylon Five. Your, your choices are. <laughs> mar, your choices are Marvel Comics. Oh no! Doctor Who, or a right. sci-fi novel. <laughs> Those are the Just only choices. Any sci-fi specific novel. Those any sci-fi novel. So what about novelizations but, uh, of Doctor Who? And, 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 and here, here's how it's going to go. I'm going to alternate. I was going to say. I'm going to alternate between old and young. So we're going to start with Team Young. Scroll. Marvel. I got nothing. Two points. It's excellent. Word. Is, is it? Yeah. Wait, is it per, by person or by team? Sorry. I'm, well, no. You could just somebody had, shouting them out. Somebody's there. got to shout it out, and 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 Scott shouted Marvel, and he's right. Scott, well, Scott's right. Can yeah. we confer with each other? I am right. It's a huge Fantastic Four. You can, uh, okay. You can you can confirm if you want. Um, uh, no confirming. I, team, I was right. Team, just, team, just confer quietly so it's not misinterpreted as a shout. Team old. Okay. <laughs> K-Leds, or Ka-Leds, if you would like. So what do we have, Marvel, Doctor Who, or I think it's, hey guys, I think it's sci-fi novel. What do you think? That's where I'm, that's where I'm leading. Sci-fi novel. Oops. Sci-fi novel. Sci-fi novel. The K-Leds, of course, if you are, reassemble are the letters, are the, are Daleks. They the are Daleks. the Daleks. race of the Daleks. Oh. No Doctor Who. Sucks to be old. <laughs> Young. In te- more I'm ways take my nap now. Team Young, Dire Wraith. What is the last word there? Dire, dire Wraith. W R A I T H. Yes. Every I, I word that in his mouth sounds like it comes from a comic book. Dire. Wraith. I feel like that's. I feel like that's a sci-fi. I think that's sci-fi novel. Yeah, I think so too, Dan. I agree. John. All right, All right. sci-fi novel. And the Dire Wraiths are the shape-shifting race of aliens fought by Rom Space Knight in the Marvel comic of the same oh. name. Oh. Oh. Shame on you. Shame wow. on all of you. 
Uh, team no. Team Old. I'm too old for shame. There are diaries in D&D which have had many you know, novels. Not knowing any of this so. stuff is making me feel really good about myself. <laughs> D&D was not an option. Yeah, Team Team Old. Yes. Um Kazinti. So, uh, sci-fi novel. Is that your final answer? You. Sci-fi novel. <laughs> sci-fi novel. Sure. He's confident it enough is. to shout it out. It I'm, is I'm the, going the Kazinti are the uh are the cat-like alien race uh popularized by Larry Niven in a series of oh. Ringworlds, including I Ring was going to say Ringworld and I've I never read Ringworlds. it. What do you know? Scott just read it. I did, and I forgot that that was in it. <laughs> so, wow. I'm glad we didn't. And maybe you one. should be on Team Old. You, it's, 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 you it's your book faulty am, memories. Scott's book amnesia is kicking in. Yeah. Um, Team Young, the Shrike. Oh, well, that's totally that's sci-fi Doctor novel. Doctor. No, no, that's uh, that Dan Simmons. Uh, uh, which I can't remember the name of the book, but it's totally Hyperion. 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 There you go, Hyperion. There you are. Yes, correct. All right, correct. Very good, Scott. Two points ah. for you. And we are wrapping up with Team Old with our last universe question. Team Old Vashta Narada. Oh, oh, Is Doctor Who, Doctor Who, Doctor Who. Everybody agree with me. I agree with Glenn. Correct. <laughs> Correct, Dr. Who. Vashta Narada. I disagree. You, when there's a sunbeam and you see stuff Shut floating up. in it, those are murderous alien creatures that will eat you or a chicken leg. I had Vashta Narada once, but penicillin cleared it right up. Yeah. Zing. All right. The score. <laughs> Sci fi novel. The score. joke shark isn't any younger either. Zing ever. Zing. <laughs> You're no. in the middle of the yeah, that's library. Zing comedy. Zing acknowledged. Yeah, zing. I, <laughs> I zing, yes. Moving zing. on. The score is 15 points for the old men and 12 points for the young men. All right, young men, step <laughs> up. We now enter round four. We call this Debate Club. Oh. Um, somebody, oh dear. we're going to do two rounds of Debate Club, and the way this works is I'm going to make a statement. Um, somebody will have to take the pro argument. Somebody will have to take the con argument. You have to do this on the drop of the hat. You just have to pick, and you have to go. There are going to be two separate arguments, so each side will get to select pro or con of one of them. So you'll get the choice in one, and you'll have to take the alternate view in the other. So there'll be an initial debate uh, statement, and then a rebuttal, and that's it. Ready? Are do, individual do people that? doing it, or whole teams? No, you guys all have to just kind of pile on. Team Old Men, right. uh, right. you get to choose pro or con on this statement. In a fight, Neo from The Matrix would totally wipe out Superman. Would you like pro or con? I think con, don't you guys? Well, it depends on which reality they're fighting in. <laughs> well, that's, this could be part of your argument, but you have to choose. Uh, yeah, the debate before I say the we debate. choose con. We choose con. I think it's con. I like okay, Superman. Okay, young man, right, prepare your argument for um, Neo for wiping out Superman. Uh, the old men are going to argue the con that, that this is not true, and your time begins now. What it comes down to is what the real world is, what the physical world is. And while Neo can control anything inside the computer, once he gets out of the computer, he's just a man, and he could be torn to pieces by Superman. Yeah, and you know, Superman's proven his ability across every reality, every size. He can shrink to microscopic size. He can be bigger than entire universes. He can come back from the dead. He can restore multiverses. Neo's just a guy who's got some computer code that he can manipulate. I'm not really that impressed with Neo. I don't think a Kryptonian would have any problem adapting to... There, there is no spoon philosophy of the Matrix. He could easily outpace Neo in, in understanding 
the, the reality inside the computer, if he happened to be stuck there, simply exit himself from the computer and then, and then turn Neo into soup. It's true. We all know Kryptonians have supercomputers that far outweigh. He could always bring in tag team with Brainiac, you know, get some Kryptonian backup there. And if things go really awry, well, Superman, in the last minute, he'll use his super speed and turn the Earth backwards and go back in time and try it again. Neo, even in the computer, you know, uh, learns Kung Fu, stops a couple of bullets. I'm pretending that the second and third movies didn't exist. (laughs) And so there's nothing particularly impressive that he does. Um, Superman kicks his ass every which way. Team Young, you have 90 seconds to rebut. Uh, your time I, begins... I've got this one covered. Your time begins now. Oh. <laughs> All right. As everyone knows, in the Matrix, the humans, in an attempt to fight the robots, black out the sun to prevent the robots from using solar power. Without the sun, Superman does not have his powers because, as we all know, he derives his powers from the yellow sun of Earth or unlike the red sun of Krypton or whatever the hell it is. Uh, so with no powers, we all know that Superman is a wimp and gets beat up by losers in bars. So... Even if you're in the real world where the the robots rule and the humans are in little pods, Superman would get his butt kicked by Keanu Reeves. Let's add that this is a metaphysical question where what if our reality is in fact the reality inside the Matrix, in which case Neo can just rewrite the entire fabric of it and make it so that Superman comics never even existed and Superman would be rendered inert. Yeah, Yeah. so real world, not real world, the real world is the Matrix, no matter what, Neo wins. All right, Ipso, ipso facto. Excellent work, um, and I'm going to award that one to Team Young. <gasps> yeah, I got to give it to Syracuse. Yeah, that, the 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 yellow sun. Woo! Yeah, that's yeah. impressive. And and no fair that he speaks in paragraphs. Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. Now you'll have your chance, uh, Team Young. You get to choose pro or con for this, um, and then you've got 90 seconds. Uh, if I have to choose an apocalypse, I choose zombies. <laughs> over aliens oh i i think we go, we go pro zombies that, right? pro zombies yeah okay your time uh, begins now well i think john has already proved in an, a previous podcast that he is well prepared for the apocalypse and zombies are a known quantity we know immediately what we'll deal with them you shoot them in the head they go down shotguns cricket bats that's all you really need fire if you really feel like it you can armor up your house aliens I mean, you don't know what's coming lock, it could be almost lock anything. doors yeah they can't do that. Locks. They, i mean they zombies are like wildlife handles. Plus, they're slow. I mean, it's true. aliens and have like z- planes and transports and stuff. Zombies don't enslave anyone. I'd rather be uh, a dead zombie than an alien sex slave. Yeah, anal probing. No <laughs> anal probing from zombies. <laughs> it's a no brainer. You got that? No brainer. That's their. Yeah. That's their brand promise. <laughs> it's Glenn, you're not <laughs> helping. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> that's how convincing our argument is wow, you've we already Glenn. convinced them we've already <laughs> that's, won that's amazing all right team i just old, like the statement team old you need to argue alien apocalypse over zombie Listen, apocalypse your argument begins now a- aliens are easy you sneeze on them and the entire race dies of smallpox or chickenpox or the common cold you d- upload a macintosh 512k program and it shuts down their main core and crashes all their ships you look at them funny and they run back to alpha centauri to kiss their seven-legged mommy it's aliens are wimps aliens wimps who always beat them we always have a solution zombies they just keep coming their arms and legs keep coming you hack them up and they come and then you become a zombie you can't become an alien well all right there may be a couple movies in which that happens but it's an outlier all right any other arguments team old the alien the zombie apocalypse never ends there's no way to undo it 
that once the zombie apocalypse starts, it runs forever. At best, you can contain it. Aliens can be defeated. They can t- have You can turn their own technology against them. You can use that technology in ways that, that benefit mankind once the alien menace has been removed. Far and away, you want to choose the alien apocalypse because you can own it. You can reverse it and you can take control of it. Nothing doing with zombies. Yeah, well, aliens can be reasoned with. So it's possible that you might be able to t- eventually convince the aliens to come over to your side and... and uh, or at even least... just have a truce. Exactly. But with zombies, there's, there's no way. They don't learn. They don't talk. Eventually, you're going to run out of bullets and, and you're done. All right. Uh, that was excellent. That was very close. I am going to award a narrow victory to Team Old on that one. I, I think the fact you can, that you that, can beat the zombies. Oh, I was totally you just kill all of them. You can't wipe out zombies. It's like smallpox. You just kill them all. It was a powerful. They don't, re- they don't very reproduce. Difficult. Let's move on to round five. Round five is called compose a plot. Um, you have been given in advance, I should say, three characters, and told to concoct a plot involving those three characters. I will judge you against your opposition after you give your plots. Um, who, which team, well, let's see, Team Young, you're behind what, by one point. Would you like to go first or would you like to wait to see what Team Old has in store? Uh, I'd say we go second. What do you guys think? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, Team Old, please tell us what three characters you inherited. Uh, well, we got, uh, Bullwinkle J. Moose, of course, from the, uh, the Star Trek universe. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Flash Gordon. And um, from the Star Trek, universe. The, uh, yes, from the Star Trek universe, it's all Star Trek characters you got, and uh, and Hal Nine Thousand from Supernatural. <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> so so uh, lay it on us. I love what you, is, Steve. What is your... all right? Well, we've we've put together a a little TV spot for you to uh, to better bring home the various complex elements of our plot, and so I present to you the team old players. <clears throat> Everyone's favorite homicidal computer is back, and this time, he's on a rocket ride to planet hilarity. I'm back, Dave. When a derelict spaceship that went missing over 400 years ago lands in a field outside future Frostbite Falls, Minnesota, NASA has just the guy for the job. Bullwinkle J. Moose, onboard systems analyst, at your service. There's just one problem. Why do you talk that way? Well, I smoke a lot of weed. That explains it. Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a dime bag out of my hat. Again? Again? Well, maybe two problems. Oh, it's Flash Gordon. Your your dealer? He told me I could find you here, dude. Whoa, this thing's moving, man. Now they're hurtling through the stars on a very special mission. I want you to help me find my soulmate, a sweet AI with nice peripherals who will never, ever hide anything from me. Basically anything with a female interface port. Pretty much. And they're going to search the very farthest reaches of space. Whoa, I swear I just saw this huge dude with wings and a Viking helmet. My flying squirrel friend says that's preposterous. That's absurd. Hey, Hal, put on some queen. If they can survive the trip. Hal, if I didn't know any better, I'd say you were trying to kill me. You're being paranoid, Moose. (laughs) Hey, Bull, what are you doing out on the wing, man? And what's with that crazy star baby? 
There, there's a big fetus following us, man. Just ignore him. See the film Gene Shalit has called this year's best buddy comedy about a psychotic spaceship featuring a perpetually stone-talking cartoon moose. TriStar Pictures presents 2420, A Space Cake Odyssey. Oh, open, the hydropay, open the hydropod bay door, Hal. <laughs> I'm sorry, Moose. I'm afraid I can't let you smoke that. Coming soon to TriStar DVD and Blu-ray. Wow. Thank you. That, ha- Thank that you. has the length of a Steve Lutz penned epic. <laughs> No. <laughs> Voluminous, I believe, is the word. I, I think, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grant you um, a bonus point just for making a Cheech and Chong movie out of Bullwinkle and Hal. <laughs> Even before the judging, that's a bonus point for you. All right, moving on. Uh, Team Young, can you tell us the three characters you've had to concoct a plot for? Yes, our three characters are diehards John McClane. Star Trek's Mr. Spock, and, of course, the only logical companion for those two, Garth from Wayne's World. Excellent. Party so time. like all young people, we Party find on. ourselves uh, inadequately prepared to turn in our homework once we see what the other people have done. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought we were all supposed to individually do... Our own plot. So we have three plots. Oh, well, you're so going to make it up in volume. That's fine. That's right. That's so we are, it's volume it'll, over it'll still be quality. Shorter. quality. Yeah, it will be yeah. shorter. And it will, and it will probably true. be But But uh, no voices. So uh, I would not like to go first. So who would like to go first? Scotty, you're first. Uh, I will go first. Now, first, I have to, to give you my quick uh, summary pitch. Think Downton Abbey meets the Hunger Games. And I think I've already won with that concept. <laughs> so stop now, actually. I think I should just stop right now. But I'll, I'll continue. Uh, so here's, here's a little synopsis of the plot here. Uh, when you receive an invitation to Alger Park, you can't decline. Constable John McLean of the Dublin McLeans arrives at the manor house feeling out of his depth. Mr. Spock, respected scientist, is peeved to have to leave his research behind Spock and McLean are in the crowded main hall of the grand old house, and in walks Lord Alger, Garth to his friends. He explains that each participant represents his class in the upcoming games, which are a complicated progression of deadly parlor games, waltzing through a minefield, poisoned high tea, and so on. One by one, the other contestants die until two are left standing, McLean and Spock. Garth's final test is one you'll have to see to believe. Okay, excellent. All right, I'll, I'll follow that up with number two. It's Christmas 1992, and John McClane, driving cross-country from Los Angeles to New York, finds himself snowed in in the little town of Aurora, Illinois. In the sky appears a quantum singularity, and when the dust clears, Mr. Spock has materialized in the car with McClane. McClane swerves in surprise, hitting a nearby hitchhiker, Garth Elgar. The singularity manifests its own consciousness claiming that it is taken from them their most dearly beloved friends, James Kirk, Al Powell, and Wayne Campbell. The three must team up to recover their loved ones and discover the true meaning of Christmas. Find out this holiday season in No Stairway? Okay. And I was John, hoping he would go to a cornfield in that one. And John, John Syracuse, <laughs> you're up. Very nice. I really wanted to try to get these guys into the uh, some sort of uh, Firefly plot, but I could not do it, so I had to go with my second choice. <laughs> Here we go. 
In the far future, wars are fought primarily with remote-controlled weapons and warships. Garth from Wayne's World is a Kemmer, or a child raised from birth to pilot remote weapons. <laughs> he is the best Kemmer anyone has ever seen. America's war effort. I call Pac Maran Syracuse. <laughs> America's war effort hinges on Garth's skill. Garth's Garth's skill. So his daring escape from the Kematorium is a major problem for the Department of Defense. <laughs> As the head of an elite special forces team, it's John McClane's job to track down Garth and return him to his control pod. But why did Garth flee the Kematorium in the first place? Mr. Spock, the head of the Kemmer training facility, seems a bit too eager to get Garth back. What dark secret is he hiding? When McLean finds Garth, will he return him to the government, or will Garth's revelations convince McLean to turn against the country he has sworn to serve? Summer 2012. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to award you guys three points for, uh, for volume there. That was excellent. And uh, that makes the scores young team 19, old team 18. Wait, did you even assign us points besides that bonus point? Yeah, that was it. That was all you got. <laughs> what? <laughs> they, they what happens when you volume. try too hard. They I made vow revenge. Um, they made it up on not bothering to, minutes to clarify the instructions. Yeah. Um, no, I think it will just decrease your score further. Yeah, I think the point <laughs> is illiteracy yes. wins every actually, time. Actually, if you're if you're old, uh, if if the team old skit had been shorter, it might have actually gotten more points. But anyway, um, we're going to move on. Continues at the four hours. Consult a doctor. Yes, we're, we're going to go move on to round six, <laughs> which I like to call parallel universe game show. Now, here's something that you may not know about the incomparable. It's that we are one podcast in a multiverse of incomparable podcasts. In fact, this podcast exists across the spectrum of multiverses. And it just so happens that today I received an MP3 file that was sent to me from a panelist who who um, was not on a podcast with me. And I was very confused, and I played it, and it turns out it's uh, it fell through a wormhole from a parallel universe. It's a session of the incomparable April Fool's Day game show that we didn't record. Um, so I was very confused by that. Uh, instead, it, it featured... Um, Tony Sindelar, Dan Frakes, Ben Boychuk, Serenity Caldwell, and your and your host uh, Lex Friedman. Very confusing. I don't know, really know where oh, it came weird. from. However, <laughs> since we happen to have access to the parallel universe and they were doing a game show, I thought we would use that information to play a game of our own. So here it is. They were asked a series of difficult questions, either or questions. Each of the the panelists, your jobs are going to be to guess what their answer was. Uh, Team Old, Serenity Caldwell was asked, The Empire Strikes Back or Raiders of the Lost Ark? What do you think she said? Oh. 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 How close Wait, is what this were the choices? to our run? I'm, it's I'm very, very close. Yeah. About an hour different. It could <laughs> be an evil run. You think Empire? She's a big that, well, that, alternate, was rocket- that alternate universe run is just as wrong as this one. If if it was Rocketeer, <laughs> if it was Rocketeer and Empire Strikes Back, I could get that. But I think I'll go with Empire also. I'm pretty sure. Is that what you're going with? Empire? Yeah. I'm with my dudes. This is a cruel, cruel decision. You know, as much as I love Raiders, and I do love it dearly, uh, I think my first, my my heart will have to go to the Empire Strikes Back because... Han Solo growing up was always uh, more my Harrison Ford than uh, than Indy. So if, if you had to pick one Harrison Ford, it would be Han Solo over Indy. It would be Han Solo, yes. 
I mean, he has the ship. Ship beats the hat. Ship beats the hat. And no snakes. Correct. Two points to Team Old. She did choose Empire. All right, Team Young. Team Young. Tony Sindelar was asked, Watchmen or The Dark Knight Returns? Oh, I would assume The Dark Knight Returns, but I don't know. It is. He loves Batman. He loves Batman a lot. Well, there you go. I'm go with Dan and, on that and one. Dan's a good friend of Tony, so you think he'd know? Yeah, I you think yeah. I know, but it's it's a little tough with Rigged. me because yeah, well, because he also loves Watchmen, but I I have to go with his love of Batman. Though Batman is you know he holds a special place in my heart, the place in my heart where people get pummeled a lot. Um, <laughs> that sounds very to painful. me. Watchmen is just such a seminal series, both um, in comics, but also kind of to me, uh, Watchmen was the the collection that kind of got me back into comics when I started reading comics again in the twenties that um, I have to go with Watchmen, but I, I do love Batman pretty much more than, you know, anyone should love Batman and, and certainly more than any other superhero, but I'm going to go with Watchmen. Yeah. It, he chose Watchmen. So you, Oh, 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 nice. oh he's and dead to damn. me. What kind he of friend so are you? Dead to me. Um, Dan really Frakes are? was asked. Team old, team old. Dan Frakes was asked Blade Runner or Alien. Mm, wow yeah i'm i think dan is more of a blade runner i think of him as more cerebral than guts so then i don't remember brain. dan piping in back in the day when we were trying to, to gather interest for a, a horror themed podcast so i'm gonna go uh yeah. go blade runner too head not guts if you had said blade runner versus aliens with an s <laughs> right <laughs> i think the answer would be easy uh, you know, those are both clearly sci-fi action movies, you know, set in the future. And Blade Runner is clearly the better movie there. Um, but Alien uh, is it's just as much a sci-fi horror and suspense movie as it is an action flick. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, they're a lot less comparable than if you'd said Aliens. So, Hence the name of our I, show, I mean, I, The Incomparable. I, I know the, Bla- the Blade Runner is the critic's choice. You know, it's been far more influential and I've long been a fan. I've watched it, God, I don't even know how many times. But I'm going to go against geek movie convention here, and I'm going to say Alien, n, n, no S, is a better <laughs> overall movie. And I can hear people screaming out already. <gasps> oh. Oh. Wow. You all right, Dan Frakes. Wow. All right. Um, this is brutal. Ben Boychuk, Team Young. Ben Boychuk was asked, Frank Miller oh. or Alan Moore? Everyone hates Frank Miller. It's got to be Alan Moore. Yeah, I, I, got, I go with Alan Moore. <laughs> this is Ben. Right? Alan this Moore. is Ben, though. So that's the that's uh, oh. the, the trick. He there. hates Frank everything. Is a, how did he pick? Frank, yeah, Frank Miller's awful. But you got to look at the whole body of work when you're asking that question. You ask the question, you know, is it, are we just evaluating Watchmen versus Dark Knight Returns here or, or Batman Year One? Uh, no. I mean, we got to look at the whole thing. And so... I'm going to surprise you a little bit and go with Alan Moore. And uh, the reason is not just Watchmen, but uh, the, the, the series that, that I really fell in love with that Alan Moore wrote was Swamp Thing. I just loved that run. Wow. Wow. Oh, we did the double that Watchmen film didn't Points wound him that deeply. Points for Team Young. Um, Team Old. <laughs> Serenity Caldwell was asked to name her favorite book ever oh my god 
Wait, that's not an either or. She she named a <laughs> no no we've mo- we're moving on into round two, which is where they have to pick things oh. and you have to guess what they pick. She she actually oh. named three different books at at, at various points. Uh, her choice was so obscure that I'm going to let you. If you name any of the three, you get points for that. Shot in the dark. Wow, I'm trying to think of books uh, she has mentioned. Diana Wynne Jones, maybe one of those. Uh... I think if it weren't for the author. I'd have to go with Ender's Game, but unfortunately, Orson Scott Card does dock a few points from that book. Uh, so I will have to go with a little book that was one of Diana Wynne Jones's first in her career called Dog's Body. Oh, I'm going to stop, I'm gonna stop like you the... right there. Diana Wynne Jones, one of her books was indeed what she chose. And you know what? You're going to get a point for that. And you're not going to get any closer than that. So we're just going to move on. Ooh, what, nice. were the three, what were the three books? Good oh, job. One about, the cat, one about the cat. No, Dog's Body by Diana Wynne Jones was her choice. She also wow. mentioned See, right. she also mentioned Ender's no Game, but she couldn't pick it because Wilson Scott Steve, Card. Steve, you listen to the podcast, Steve, yeah? And Fahrenheit four fifty one. She also uh, that was one of the the few episodes that I was in fact on. He was on that one, yeah. That's why he listened. Yes. <laughs> he listens when he's on. It was last year's April Fool's episode. Yeah. Um, Team Young, Tony was asked to name his favorite movie ever. What did he choose? It's all you, Dan. Pressure, pressure's on Dan. Oh, son of <laughs> favorite movie ever. Um, he really does like Christopher Nolan movies a lot. Um, but I'm, I'm not going sure with the Batman, Batman, Batman Gambit again, huh? Yeah, I, I, clearly that paid off so well last time. <laughs> uh, crap. Um, Thinking of it's going to be like North by that... Northwest or something. Or what do you pick? <laughs> I don't think it is, but it's it's probably um, it's either that or one of the you know like a Star Wars movie or something. Though he's not us being on those, I think. Um, but favorite movie of all time. I'm gonna I'm gonna curse myself and I don't remember. I guess I'm I guess I'm not getting a birthday present this year. Um, <laughs> suggest some movies. Anyone else want to help? No. Okay, just me. Uh, Batman Begins. I mean, you said it's a big Batman guy, and he loves Christopher yeah. Nolan. He, you know, which one of the three yeah? I, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's. I mean, I don't think that's likely. But I, it's a, you know maybe the best guess that I'm going to come up with. Under Memento. Pressure. I mean, likes Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I say Memento. I don't. Team Young. What's your Scott's answer? answer? We're going with Scott's. Batman Begins. You say it is a, a a movie that is in fact already been mentioned on this podcast so far, uh, which would be. The Empire Strikes Back, um, which, you know, you can get into a long argument um, about whether Empire Strikes Back or Star Wars is better. You can maybe, you know, watch, watch, uh, you know, ask uh, Dan Morin and John Syracuse about that if you want to kill a couple hours. Um, But I'm going to go with that as as one of my favorite movies that I've seen many, many times and never get tired of seeing. I will mention, having recently listened to the Incomparable Movie Draft, uh, several movies that I very much like that didn't get mentioned in the Incomparable Movie Draft, since you can go and listen to a lot of uh, about The Empire Strikes Back on the Incomparable, but three other movies that I like a lot that didn't get mentioned, uh, City of God. Uh, the Prestige and the Blues Brothers are all are three movies that I also like a great deal, um, but probably are not quite at the uh, the the pinnacle of favorite movie ever. Oh, wow! Alternate universe, Tony. Is with you is, I don't even know him anymore. He did mention uh, the Prestige as one of his. Uh, yeah, ones the Prestige that he also is liked. another one that he likes. Oh, well. 
I'm used oh, to um, the time to mention that was earlier, Dan. Yes. Team well, it was Christopher <laughs> Nolan. I mentioned oh, that. The team Young is eating their young now. This is yes, terrible. Team Old. Uh, Dan Frakes was asked to name his favorite TV show ever. Oh. What do you think he said? Adam's Family. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Wow. Um, sorry, that was a joke. Favorite TV show ever? Favorite TV series, you said? Yes. Rockford Files. Have, have any of us sci-fi? ever met Dan Frakes? Mm, no. I know Dan a bit, but I don't know his uh, number that have come up. It's not supernatural. I know that. And, uh, <laughs> that would be Dan Warren, of course. That's a different Dan. Yes. Is it, lo- is it Lost? Was he a big Lost fan? I can't remember. I think what we're doing now is we're playing the random st- things that might yep. be associated with his name thing. <laughs> well, clearly it was Star It was the Star Trek Next Generation because of the names. Uh, uh, Babylon 5 edition, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Babylon 5 edition. Star, Star Trek Babylon 5. Dynasty. Take a guess. Folks. I'm going to say Lost. Let's say Lost. Let's say Lost. Can, can the Young's team steal? Yeah, you, can, you can say. I don't know whether I'll award you any points. What, what do you think, John? I don't think, but Dan thinks Sports Night. I had a list of like 10 shows I went through and I'm one by one. In the end, the one that I think I enjoyed the most while I was watching um, and looked forward to every week was the West Wing. And the West Wing, of course, my my background in education is in public policy, so I'm sure that played a role there. But uh, it had a phenomenal cast, had great characters, had some of the best dialogue of any show ever. Uh, and it took something that few thought people would really be interested enough to sit down every week and watch, uh, the inside baseball of Washington politics, and and made it popular and sometimes even even educational. I mean, the writers clearly took artistic license, but the show it, it showed viewers, you know, quite a bit about the way Washington actually works. Ah. Oh, oh. oh, I've met Josh Molina. Do I get points? <laughs> You're gonna lose his Glenn points, gets, dude. Stop it. Good points for Glenning. Yeah, yeah, that was one, minus one right there for Glenning. Oh, oh no! Um, uh, That's just what Werner Herzog told me. And Team Young, this is this is your last question. Ben Boychuk was asked if you could erase one work of fiction from existence forever, <laughs> what would it be? Goodness, this include uh, across all one media. Work, you, can, you can't get rid of all the prequels then. No. So a... <laughs> if you had to get mm-hmm. rid of one of those, though, it would have to be Phantom Menace, right? Uh, I I don't know. It's tough. (laughs) But is he going to pick that? He's not going to pick that if he has to pick one thing. How about how about uh, the George Clooney vehicle, Batman and Robin? Uh, I get rid of that. that. Just to continue with our Batman theme. (laughs) I I think all of our answers should be Batman. Dan being wrong about Batman. Yeah, all right. Hey, let's be consistent. We're going with that then. There we go. We're sticking to it. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Batman and Robin. Yeah, Mr. Freeze is gone. You know, this is such an easy question. I thought you were going to ask me which one of my children I love more. (laughs) Now, I, I understand why... You might ask that question because, you know, I I am on record saying that the fandom menace threw me into a funk, a a deep, dark depression for at least a week. And so I could very easily do a kind of pale imitation of, you know, that that there's a Patton Oswalt routine where he talks about going back in time and and beating, you know, George Lucas to death with a shovel. I could do that. (laughs) 
but then this would be over in a minute and a half, and, <laughs> and uh, that wouldn't be interesting or entertaining at all. Or incomparable-like. Or incomparable, <laughs> no. Um, uh, I could, uh, I mean, and, and, you know, any work of fiction at all, I have thousands of years with which to work, right? But, right. Uh, but uh, no, I'm going, to, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to go with the sentimental choice. And this is an example of how there's, there can be no arguing with matters of taste. And the work of fiction that I would eliminate is Tank Girl, the film. The film for the simple reason that I thought Laurie Petty deserved a better career. And that movie, just, that movie just killed it for her. And I liked her a lot. And that movie, after that, she was doing bit parts, and it was just a, it was just a crying shame. Oh, really? Wow. Tank oh, Girl. That's nice of him. That's that sweet. Was, that was my second guess. Yeah, Tank Girl. He well, did it for Phantom her. Menace, he did it. You would have gotten points for Phantom Menace, but no. Uh, but he did it for her. That's sort of selfless. It is. It is. Yeah, Thank we you, should so. get a point for that. Now now I'm going to close up the Parallel Universe podcast. But uh, thank I, you all. I, I demand a recount. <laughs> and it's, it's so ordered. And my, uh, my alternate universe counterpart, Jason Snell, will uh, soon be quizzing our alternate universe counterparts. Uh, and I think what we call the prime comparable universe. And uh, we'll see how well they know you. And my guess is not that well at all. And we're going to move on to round seven. Team Young leading Lucky. by one point entirely because Glenn dropped one of his Glenn references there. Uh, if I claim oh, I don't know Glenn, can we have that point back? <laughs> <laughs> no, because Glenn will point out that he actually has met your mailman. So it's, it won't work. It all turns back around. Round seven is something I like to call I am a Star oh. Trek android. I have asked each of you to prepare a, an, an illogical statement that will make my head explode, a la the uh, statements that Captain Kirk would make to androids who were poorly designed on the original Star Trek. Who would like to try and make my android head explode? I, I got a shot. All right. All right. Android Jason. Yes, the Dan. Way, the only way for me to win this fight is to kill every single life form in existence. But if you Ooh. kill every life form, you are a life form. You will kill yourself, and then you will be dead. How could you win? That is illogical. 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 Oh, my God. His head is smoking. Look out. Point for Dan. Who else would like to uh, confuse I'd, I'd, you? I'd like to try. All right. Yes, the Greg. The only way to win. The, the only way to win is not to play. I have, too, seen that movie. It was excellent. <laughs> I especially like the Whopper. No points. This for whole you. skin is just an excuse to oh, do that voice. You realize? <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't you pull out that quality robot voice when it was your time to do your Phantom Menace lines? We'll we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Phantom Empire. Phantom Empire. Yeah, not Phantom Menace. Well, I we, haven't, we haven't done the Yippee! Phantom Menace yet. Phantom yeah. Empire is robot much cowboy coming through. Yeah. All right. Coming through. Got to get that cardboard oil. Anybody else got a uh, logical fallacy I for me? I yeah, I'll go. Oh, All right, go. No, you go. Go ahead, Steve. Take your pick, Jason. Steve. All right. Um, I feel I ran a little long in the last segment, so uh, I'll make this short. Uh, first, I would uh, I would sit you down and show you Star Trek V in its entirety, and then I would tell you they made a Star Trek VI. 
I love Robot Cowboy coming through here. I love that movie. That was a great movie, Star Trek V. It had that ship and the guy and that other guy with the pointy ears. And I, I want to see more. I'm glad they made a sixth one. Uh, Damn these robot cowboys and their impeccable logic. <laughs> All right. Uh, Glenn, they learned out on the prairie. Glenn, you may go ahead now. All right, Android Jason. All Android phones are free. People like free things. If you give someone a phone, they make calls. If you teach them to program apps, they're set for life. Android tablets are not Android phones. People will buy Android tablets. Uh, your statement baffles me. Error, 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 error. Syntax error in 10. So to win, all we had to do was spout nonsense that, that, at high volumes? I, I was legitimately baffled there, and I think I that no counts. I, I thought I followed I'm not even Android. Android. You're baffled. That's yeah. I say, you're baffled. I That's Motorola's business out. plan. That, that I'm very confused. Does, does he get bonus points for causing all of our heads to smoke? Uh, yes, <laughs> uh, perhaps. Um, who That's has, every episode. Who hasn't gone, John? Do you have a logical fallacy for me? Yeah, I've, I've got one. I, I really, really wanted to go with what have I got in my pocket, but I figured you guys wouldn't like that. <laughs> So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna skip that and go with the other one that I have, which is considerably more lame, but more attuned, perhaps to uh, to the spirit of this contest. That being true, lameness, lame. yeah. That, that the spirit being lameness. Attuned. True or false? True or false? Computer, things are more like they are now than they have ever been. Say that again, <laughs> please, <laughs> please. Oh, I think that's points right there for I that. Think, I think that means I win. Does it not? Things true are... or false? Think more like they are now than they have ever been. This is true. That is a logical statement, not illogical at all, but in fact, perfectly logical. You are one of us. You two are an android. I have my proof. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you think about that enough, you'll realize it's not a tautology. Oh. Dude, have anyway. you met my buddy Bullwinkle? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like you two would get along. All right, man. Scott McNulty, I am a Star oh. Trek android. Well, uh, well, I have perhaps the lamest one of all. <laughs> oh, excellent. Winner. Uh, it's it's more of a thought piece, though. You know, uh, real genius. Is that is your statement? <laughs> well, no. Real genius is neither real nor a genius. That's all I've got. I, I, too, saw that movie, although I found it did not have the emotional depth of War Games. I find, <laughs> I find that the character played by Val Kilmer is indeed a genius, and therefore your statement is incorrect. You're just making the android mad. <laughs> Don't anger the android. the android. Okay. You wouldn't that, like him when he's angry. That was the end of the... I am a Star Trek android. We are I now tied. I don't like him much anyway. P equals NP. Uh yes, whoa, Greg, you're free. you should have used that in the in the thing, yeah. Uh, re- well, that would have required me to prepare. Yeah, we're moving on to round eight. Round eight uh, is called "You Are George Lucas," and no, I am not. I am now. At- sound effect of us all killing ourselves. <laughs> and our well, you can just roll around on your money instead. Uh, give me one example of a classic work you would fix to make it, in your opinion, better. You get a chance to take a classic work. Money is no object. Perhaps time and space are no object. Something that you would uh-huh. actually fix to make it better, a la George Lucas. Uh, let's start with Team Old. Do you Just e- this do you, morning. Do you each have one? I, I each have one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Glenn each has one. Just this morning, I watched Phantom Menace for the first time since I saw it in theaters. And I watched the Phantom edit just to see if it was any better than I remembered, and it absolutely was not. 
and so the change I would make would be to remove it entirely from history, to erase it completely. Like Ben Boychuk did with Tank Girl. Uh, yes, only it, it would make a l- <laughs> he's, more people he's doing the, the job. Menace, therefore, I'm easing more pain. All right. That's simply, simply just you're going to remove it, entirely. it. So basically the opening credits and then the end the, credits. The, <laughs> and then that's to it. To format the hard drive it was <laughs> built on. Yes. All right. Okay, that's simple. Steve? Uh, well, uh, Jason, you and I both know that if I were George Lucas, I'd be spending every waking hour trying to convince Spielberg that Raiders would be better if it had a gigantic CGI camel who walks in his hind legs and talks with an Indian accent. But, uh... Wow. We know that. <laughs> that goes without saying. Since this, since this isn't the real world, and I'm not, in fact, George Lucas, uh, I'm going to say that um, I, would, uh, I would take Lost, the TV series Lost, which, you know, maybe it's a bit of a stretch to call it a classic at this point, but I think it'll, it'll be there someday. I, I think soon. it is, yeah. Uh, and I would fix the pacing. Um, you know, Lost, was, it was a great show, but a lot of people were disappointed in the way it ended. And for me, the final season felt like it was horribly rushed, like, uh, like the showrunner suddenly realized, you know, we have 600 loose ends to tie up and only 10 episodes left to do it. So it was boom, revelation, boom, revelation. And, uh, and the whole Jacob versus the man in black thing just kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, maybe it was really in Damon Lindelof's head the whole way through the series, but it sure didn't feel like it. So... Um, I would go back and adjust mostly season six, stretch it out a bit, maybe move a few of the less important revelations back a season or two so they all aren't crammed together. And then to make it all fit, I'd probably hack out great swathes of season two, which dragged badly for me and in retrospect was almost entirely unnecessary. And then I'd go back and pepper a few signposts around the early seasons that point to the Jacob man in black dynamic. And if I had ultimate power, I'd I'd keep Mr. Echo alive and work him into the rest of the series because he's a far more interesting character to me than most of the primary cast. So basically you do a, what an author would call a second draft of lost, which the TV producers didn't get a chance to do because they had right. to make it right through. Excellent. But you're giving me that chance because I, I'm multi-billionaire you, George you Lucas. Are George Lucas. Excellent. I can do whatever I want. And damn it. It's lost 2.0. Excellent. That's great. Glenn. Well, uh, I th- Is this going to be about a the... German film, by the way? Nine. I thought about Islander. all of the, the no. I thought about all the uh, great science fiction movies there are. And I looked at what was wrong with many of them. There's so many that are so good and don't have you know single flaws that I like. And I realized there is a movie that I quite like. People hated Dune, but the reason I liked it was for the parts that worked and not in the parts that which was quite a bit of it. And so I have an idea that you could redo the film and recast a couple roles like Bad Dory for I hated and Dean Stockwell, who I usually love, but I thought was terrible in it in a key role. Get a few new actors. I mean, you know, look, Kyle McLaughlin, I think rocked Wadib. I liked him. And I also liked, of course, Patrick Stewart. You know, there's some great people in it. But of course, you have to pull all the ridiculous internal monologue voiceover in which the characters are voicing their thoughts as if, you need to when, in fact, you can just watch the acting because the acting portrays it. So a much quieter film with better reveals and a little less talking. The less those actors talk, the better. And let the story, the the uh, large uh, sweep of the story and the sandworms and some really terrific visuals carry the movie instead of uh, trying to make it a science fiction Lynch film. And he didn't even like the way it came out either. All right. That's a good answer, Glenn. All right. Team Young. Uh, how about you? Dan Morin, uh, why don't you start? Um, so, yeah, again, uh, 
as with Lost, I don't know if this is this is more of a recent classic, but I would take the TV series Battlestar Galactica, the the recent one, um, which I thought started out well enough. There's a great sort of mini series with this sort of apocalyptic uh, end to this civilization, and that's being encroached upon by this uh, artificial life form of their own creation, and that's sort of a classic man versus machine take, and the humans are on the run, and they're running out of resources, and they've got to figure out how to get to this sort of lost colony. Um, and a great premise, but the show kind of lost its way, I think, really starting in the second season, um, started getting distracted. Lots of filler episodes. I would cut out a bunch of the filler episodes. I would really trim it down into maybe a couple seasons. Uh, I loved the occupation arc um, that they that they do where they sort of have a parable to the uh, at the time, the war in Iraq. It was very interesting and did sort of what science fiction does best about making us reconsider our own current environment through a different lens. Um, and I would get rid of sort of the hippy dippy stuff in the later episodes in the religion. It just it got a little crazy. They started throwing key characters around, making decisions that didn't make any sense. There were some really bizarre episodes that seemed off the wall and the ending really just sucked. So trim a lot of that, make a nice lean ship, uh, run it for a couple seasons would have been fantastic. All right. Excellent. Full full credit for that. Scott, what do you think? Uh, since I'm George Lucas. Uh, I cannot resist meddling, tamper, improving Star Wars <laughs> one more time because you know the kids today they they like the Star Wars but they don't like they can't connect to these these actors they don't know who the actors are and I have all these digital experts who can just replace these actors and so Princess Leia, January Jones, kids they love January Jones. <laughs> Uh, Luke Skywalker is now uh, Channing Tatum because uh, he's hot today and the kids, they like him. Uh, Han Solo. Jason, how did you actually get George Lucas on this podcast? <laughs> Han Solo, I think uh, Guy Pierce will do a good Han Solo. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Sir Ian McKellen, perfect. C-3PO, uh, another British actor who I enjoy, Kenneth Branagh. Uh, his little, his sassy sidekick, R2-D2. When you say sassy sidekick, you think Eddie Murphy. And... Uh, <laughs> Oddly enough, Darth Vader, Mark Hamill, because he is great with uh, the voices. Wow. that You get a bonus point uh, in addition to full credit for that, Scott. That was spectacular. And, I think uh, he did an early Defend the Indefensible. And uh, Is the R2-D2 Eddie Murphy the the kid-friendly Eddie Murphy or the... Uh, I think they'd Shrek And then donkey. a big brown shark came, Eddie Murphy. I think I it would be... Gary Coleman but for that. Because <laughs> oh. he could fit in there. <laughs> he's just, and he's Getting smaller all the time, too. <laughs> Gary what you Coleman's talking about? Dead, he's dead. So, well, the, George Lucas doesn't have the power to raise the dead. Gary Coleman's what? dead. I mean, he can just use, he can zombie just use uh, Gary CGI. Yeah. CGI. Uh, John the- Syracuse, it's your turn to be George Lucas. I know you've waited for this day. So I'm glad that uh, I'm not the only one who took this assignment the same way that Scott did. So I'll let you be the judge here. Uh, the movie, that, if I was George Lucas, that I would fix would be The Godfather, which... Is almost perfect, but just just not quite. Not quite. Seems like just a few little changes could make it better. In particular, I'm thinking of the scene in the restaurant I pitch a tent? where Michael goes to the get the gun that Clemenza hid behind the old style water closet type of toilet, uh, and he comes out of the bathroom with the gun and he sits down at the table and listens to Salazzo talk for a while, and then he shoots Salazzo and, and McCluskey uh, and and leaves. Uh, now, Michael's character was never supposed to be like this, but we had a lot of trouble with the shooting of that scene, and a lot of the footage was lost. What was supposed to happen is that uh, 
he comes out of the bathroom with the gun, sits down at the table, but McCluskey gets suspicious of Michael and draws his gun on him, but Michael's scared and he tries to get up and runs, and McCluskey shoots at him from sitting across on the table, but he misses! He misses! Uh, and then Michael raises his gun and shoots him. And so that was the way that scene was supposed to uh, play out, but the way it looks now, it looks like Michael's a cold-blooded killer and he was never supposed to be like that. Michael shot first. Yeah. Wow. Uh, in fact, all those guns were supposed to be walkie-talkies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent work. All right, we are going to move to the last round. I know it seemed like it would never get here, but it's here now. The young has a has a lead over the old going into the last round still. So time for the old to step up the game. Now, this this last round is something that I've stolen from other podcasts that do this. I, I, I've stolen this from a podcast that stole this from yet another podcast. That podcast, the originator of this, is uh, called Fighting Talk on the BBC. It's about soccer. but it's a, That's a sport for you people out there who don't follow the sports. Anyway. I, I call it football. Uh, they call it football. They do. Uh, it's called Defend the Indefensible. I am going yeah, to give you each a statement that you are going to have to agree with. So when I say I, I mean you. And then after I finish the statement, you have 30 seconds to vociferously agree with what I say. What I say is going to be terrible and you're not going to agree with it. You have to pretend that you agree with it. That is the whole point, and you will you will convince me, and then I will give you points. Uh, we are going to start with Steve. Oh, jeez. Okay, Steve. Here's your uh, ready position. Here's your statement. Yes. Zombies have been overused in movies. From now on, I will watch only movies that feature elves, gnomes, or fairies. Well, frankly, zombies have been overused in movies, and the, the, there's only so many times you can see somebody's intestines splattered all over the floor. I mean, people's heads are full of enough nastiness and bad thoughts without having to see that kind of filth on the screen. Fairies and, and, and elves and, uh, and woodland creatures, man, that's the kind of stuff you should be focusing on. Not, not the, the ugliness in life, but the beauty, pretty things, and the wonder. All right. Excellent work. Thank you, Steve. All right, Glenn. I got, I got nothing. Glenn, Sorry. here's, your, here's yes. yours. Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. Glenn. The Germans don't know from good cinema. All movies made should be in English. Yeah, I pretty much agree with this because, you know, English is the best language in the world. It's the universal language. It's the language of cinema. And, you know, pretty much all good movies that have made today have been made in English. German, well, they're just speaking syllables. Nobody really knows what they're saying. It's kind of a made-up language. It makes people sound or think that they're sounding smart. And we all know what smart people do. They speak English. All right. Excellent. Excellent and terrible. Oh. Greg, are you ready? I am. Not only is The Empire Strikes Back clearly a better movie than Star Wars, but so is Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Not only are Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back better movies than the original Star Wars, so are the three prequels. <laughs> they have a scope and and a, an epic that the, the original Star Wars made for $9 million by a bunch of wannabes just can't even touch. The, the, the computer graphics, the, the number of characters, the, the action, the dialogue, everything about them really just kind of brings it together in a way that the original uh, couldn't touch. All right. You may need to wash now. He avoided the question, though, by yeah, he... doing the parody answer. I don't like that at all. He did not defend the indefensible. <laughs> hey, it I think it was painful enough for him, though. All right. I'm going to set myself on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan. Yes. 
The TV series Supernatural is awful. I only watch it because the boys are so dreamy. <laughs> That's the truth, though. What are you? You can't get mad. Jason, you are you are correct. I couldn't put it better myself. Um, frankly, the plots are trite. Uh, the acting not that good, but the guys are just so damn handsome. Every time I look at them, my heart skips a beat a little bit. Uh, and in fact, I would take it a step further than that and say that I just don't even bother watching. I just mute it the whole time that I'm watching it because that's the dialogue is crap. I'm not worth not worth watching for that. I just I just leave it running in the background so I basically have something to look at all day. All right, excellent, excellent work, um, John Syracuse. I think Real Genius is great. <laughs> that was just it? that's all I have to that's all I have to defend. Oh yeah. Oh, Real Genius is obviously great. I mean, if you if you think of the 80s, of what it was like to be in the 80s, and encapsulate that into a movie that speaks to nerds, you get Real Genius. All the things that are strange and, and wacky and these parties they go to that don't make any sense and these weird relationships and how everyone is too old. That's what the 80s was like. Uh, and this movie exactly captures that spirit. Uh, more so than these movies like 16 Candles, or the other uh, John Hughes films or whatever that speak to a certain segment of the population that the people on this podcast probably were not members of, with the exception possibly of The Breakfast Club. Uh, we didn't get to be the hero, right. you know. All right, we that's Mo- Molly Ringwald. But the real genius has is speaking to us. I can't. I can't believe that you lectured Greg for not. Uh... Get that your parody answer? Everybody was too old in the eighties. No, 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 no. In the movies, wow. in the movie, that's that was an honest. I was not defending the defensible. That's my, honestly think about the good things about real genius. All right, and, and I think of myself as Molly Ringwald. So really, <laughs> excellent. And we kind le- of all do, Scott. We've left Scott the last. You're duck, Scott. Scott. Mm-hmm. Star Wars rules. Star Trek rules. <laughs> Well, clearly, I mean, you don't even need to say that. That's patently uh, true. You, the arc of the hero story, Joseph Campbell, George Lucas adapted into the saga of Luke Skywalker, finding out his real parent parentage, saving the universe. Star Trek, what is Star Trek? It's a couple of idiots on a boat, basically, in space with some uh, <laughs> bad scenery and uh, hokey dialogue and uh, crappy special effects. Really, Star Trek, feh. Excellent. He convinced me. Excellent work. Well, that was that was delightful. Uh, we all every episode of this podcast should be making you say horrible things. Uh, that that was our last round, and I have to say that in a uh, very close close battle, I'm going to give it 32 to 31 to Team Young. Woo! So, yes. Betrayer! Betrayer! Hey, you, you stabbed me in the back. You guys are using all of our... is for toy-collecting losers. We pushed, we pushed old, the old men down the stairs, and that's they've right. broken their I hands. vow revenge. I will Can we be more. Team Tall next time? Because I think that's equally apt description. <laughs> you have no squat. idea how tall Steve is. He's a gnome. Yeah. yeah I'm right. an elf. Woodland four creature. Four, four foot that's right. <laughs> Excuse me. Does he have hair on his feet? Wow. <laughs> I am 17 feet by 8 feet. Yeah. Yeah, Steve. By 2 inches. Seems like the Wait, wait, which SUV. direction is which direction? <laughs> Depends on which way the wind is blowing. Don't you want to know? Yeah. Oh man. Maybe someday you'll find out. That that wraps up our first and presumably last episode of the Incomparable <laughs> Game Show. I'd like to congratulate the uh the winners from Team Young, Dan Morin, thank you for being here. Uh, I would say it's a pleasure, but the defend the indefensible portion is already over. You're crying. You're crying. Uh, John Syracuse, thank you. Excellent work. 
We are the champions, Jason. <laughs> and Scott Ooh. McDulty, thank you for being here. For the record, Star Trek is way better than Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And from Team Old, uh, going gentle into this good night, Steve Lutz. Thanks for being here. I know you're. I know you're uh, feeling under the weather, so thanks for uh, gutting it out for us. I'm old and infirm. And <laughs> That's right. You got the consumption. damn kids with their you, tablet phones and the their grip? raging hormones. Do I get the no? It's the Qatar this time. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I'm working up to pleurisy. Oh, do you have? Do you have cre- camera? <laughs> He's got a pack you should, you should get that looked at. He's got the pack he took two I'll have camera. to check into that. That's what got him into this. Glenn, thank you. Glenn Fleischman, thanks for being here. Thanks, but can you explain why the gem in my hand has started flashing red? I'm a little confused, Jason. <laughs> carousel. Carousel. I don't know. Does that mean you're Ultraman and you're, you've run out of solar energy? <laughs> oh, and and Jason. Jason. Jason hasn't Wait, seen Glenn, it. I haven't, Glenn, I, Glenn, are you suggesting that you only just it? turned 30? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you were 30 years old, I, I would have understood it in context. But Wasn't Carousel 21? They, they didn't know it's until It's been now. flashing for a long, long time. Long, <laughs> long time. He keeps blinking 12. He doesn't know yeah, why. He doesn't know why. It didn't, co- it didn't come to my attention that I was old until this podcast. And Greg Noss, thank you for being here. I always feel much more clever before we report the, record the podcast. Yeah. Isn't that – that's how it goes. That's, I, we should tell our listeners that we are really, really brilliant before we record the podcast. <laughs> and after. <laughs> and after. But mm. never during. Never, ever. Yeah. So that was the train wreck, as promised, the incomparable uh, game show. And uh, all I can tell you about the next episode of The Incomparable is it won't be a game show. So please come back then. (laughs) We apologize. Until then, I am your host uh, and the game show host of The Incomparable, Jason Snell, signing off. Uh, Fashion accessories for the host of The Incomparable (laughs) podcast were provided by Botany 500 and Dicker and Dicker of Beverly Hills. Thank you and good night and have your pets spayed or neutered. <laughs> Supernatural. Oh, you have like a foot long microphone, don't you, Jason? I do. I do. I feel like I know the Me rules too. of uh, the Mac Pundit Showdown better than I know the rules of the podcast I was just on. <laughs> there are no rules, John. This is like Calvin Ball. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> would, you, it is. would you like to? You know the, the terrible. You know the terrible secret is I'm partly responsible. That's yeah. why. Yeah, half that's of those. Why. That explains uh, a lot. Actually. Glenn exactly. and Dan were involved in the format. They were my Mark Goodson and Wait, Bill. Wait, Dan Todman. was involved in it. He's the one who's. Who, he didn't understand the one where you had to come up with the plot either. We all came up with well, that one. Right. I was not responsible. The only one I was, I would think the only part you took from me was the bluffing round. And the teams. Oh, and the teams. Yeah. Uh, I think teams. that was good. Oh, man. I yeah. contributed nothing. Thank God I was on a team. So continue to claim. Why that. do you hate old people, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> because so, so, I know I will be one someday. So I guess I, I didn't explain this to you guys beforehand, but they did. Le- Lex and, and Tony and, and Dan Frakes and Ben and Ren actually recorded a podcast at seven o'clock. That is the, the where they were asked all of those questions. So I guess I'll put that on maybe as like the after dark or something. It's literally an alternate universe podcast that they recorded. Yes, I well, almost ended up on me. that because for some reason they called me. <laughs> <laughs> you can jump between universes. <gasps> I can. Scary. Like maybe my next jump will be the jump Cort- home. It's Cortex a fan. Exactly right. All right. Thanks. No Gene Rayburn quips. Uh, that's you know I, I thought about I thought about that. Yes, Real Genius is such a great movie, I like to watch it on my blank.
Crap, the red gem on my hand is flashing. And, and then Charles Nelson Riley would say, Giant tube. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Team Young sounds very old. old. Team, yeah, Team Young. <laughs> that was a show that was on in 1979. Yeah, we, saw, we saw the repeats. Yep. Oh, yeah. Back on the Game Show Network. Awesome. Yeah, we saw that. Back lines. when you couldn't you couldn't change the channel and find someone who wasn't drunk. Yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> that that was, was before reality TV. Yeah. You'd watch one network all night because otherwise it would require getting up and turning, turning the, the knob. knob. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Change the channel. <laughs> I would just do that in my seat. Yeah. <laughs> that was before cable, so it was <laughs> a zing. See that now that was a zing. There. Zing. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I owe you a punch in the gut for that humiliating <laughs> zing. <laughs> zing. I, I actually blushed. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> you, you know what I would fix if I could if I could play George Lucas? I would fix this damn podcast. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Not even George Lucas could do that. Zing. <laughs> Once you reach my age, being fixed is completely unnecessary. Team one, what is your word? Who's team, team one? one? Team Sorry. one. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to claim your team oneness, and team two then loses a point. In a fight, what, what was that, Scott? It wasn't me. Oh. That was somebody. It was a good Scott see, impression. You what, see, what? as you get older, Jason, your body starts <laughs> to make new and interesting noises. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I think the fact you can, that you that, can beat the zombie. Oh, I was totally you just kill all of them. You can't wipe out zombies. It's like smallpox. You just kill them all. It was a powerful. They don't, re- they don't very reproduce. Difficult. Eventually, right, get they worn do reproduce. Down. They, they get, reproduce they by eating each other or eating new eating life. Fixing the alien invasion. A, as well. You know, you're going to kill yourself in the process. If your best argument is that you can kill all the zombies, you can kill all the aliens. That wasn't our best. No, the aliens are not stupid lumbering. Gentlemen, gentlemen, the points have already been dispensed. Sex slave. Uh, let's, can, let's, you deduct, can you deduct points for them not knowing the right uh, Macintosh computer that was used to upload a virus? No. Oh, I was, well, I, was, I was extrapolating back in the past. I was saying we don't even need a classic Mac. And by the way, if you haven't seen a zombie anal probe, you haven't been watching the right zombie movie. <laughs> wow. I, Train wreck coming. I, I salute your... Yeah. I salute your willingness to take this on, Jason. <laughs> train, train wreck coming. That's like the motto of the incomparable. <laughs> Hang on. There's a train wreck of a podcast coming down the track. Hey, it's the prospector. Train wreck in a train coal wreck mine. coming and Omar. That's right. Together. <laughs> if you'd like to hear the entire alternate universe podcast, go to 5x5.tv slash incomparable slash 85 and click on the link.